0: Welcome to the Go Big Redcast,
1: the Husker fan sports show with Dave, Honky, Mac, and Boomer. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host, David Gaspers, and I'm with Honky.
2: We'll have plenty of time tonight to debate March Madness in Nebraska Ball, but I think first, as native Columbusans, uh, the Redcast. Our prayers want to go out to the victims of all the floods in Nebraska and around the state. Sports here is a distraction, so hopefully that's what
3: this can be tonight. All right, I'm also with Mac. Yeah, I just echo what Honky said. It was uh, thoughts and prayers to all the people who have been affected by this. We were pretty lucky here in Lincoln, but um, Nebraska people rally. That's one of the best things we do, so whatever you can do out there, Redcasters, help out.
0: I'm also with Boomer. Yeah, I definitely would echo that. Uh, yeah, certainly, serious events, so please uh, do what you can there. And on a lighter note, I would just like to ask the, maybe for next year for the NCAA Marketing Committee, to come up with something a little better for the NIT brackets rather than upper right and bottom left for the divisions when you're breaking it down. I, I know it's not your biggest priority, but it just doesn't really capture the excitement of that consolation tournament that you'd like to see.
1: So. That, that, that's, that's true, Boomer. There's like, you know, they could just make up some names. There's no yeah, geography ahead, attached to The it. Norris Division, Atlantic, Coastal, just throw those in there for yeah yeah bit. they could you know, yeah. name them under the boroughs of new york or something you know yeah, exactly hey dave uh,
2: we we were talking a little weather so i just before we get moving on there i mean how was the yeah. boom cyclone or the bomb cyclone of, of denver the
1: Bombogenesis, yes uh the bomb cyclone <laughs> had a about five inches of snow in here in denver very wet though caused a lot of power outages uh created a little emergency here our, uh, of our own nothing as severe or long lasting as what's occurring in eastern nebraska with the flooding but uh for at least uh, 24 hours it was a bit of a bit of a mess here
2: well i'm glad you're okay there so
1: yes yes we're not an island or anything like that i've seen the images all over the place from columbus and and fremont and it's uh rem- reminds me of the 1993 flooding that occurred while we were still uh in columbus and uh it's definitely a, a serious situation. And even, uh, Boomer, you are just telling us before we came on the air, Lincoln is going to be facing water restrictions, so uh, hopefully everything works out there. In the meantime, as Hockey said, sports is a distraction, and let's distract ourselves by talking some basketball, right? Uh, well, uh, it is Sunday night, Selection Sunday, and of course we knew the Huskers were not going to get into the tournament. Well, w- wait a second. They did make a bit of a run, though, right? uh they beat wreckers in the first round of the big 10 tournament to much the surprise of many because they only had i think six scholarship players and maybe one or two other players eligible to play i think they had seven total play that game johnny trueblood that's right johnny the The legend legend of johnny trueblood he gets a nice national pub really because of his effort and uh great last name and then uh come next day they go ahead and actually beat maryland and they really just locked down uh and Fernando and I mean they did really good stuff there and then they gave Wisconsin a great run on Friday afternoon these are all afternoon games so it's you know hard to tell how many people were paying attention nationally but it did get some good good following on BTN and others uh could not get past the Badgers though and ended the season I believe 18 and 16 is that right Boomer yeah that's like that. correct yeah and which now securely over 500 And shortly after that loss to Wisconsin, Bill Moose comes out saying, not making a decision yet. Here we are on Sunday. We find out, obviously, they're not in the NCAA, but they are in the NIT as a four seed. NIT is a 32-team tournament, so a four seed gets a home game. Nebraska will be hosting the Bulldogs of Butler Yes, that's right. Barry Collier's Butler Bulldogs will be coming to Lincoln, or at least we think they're coming to Lincoln, unless the water situation pushes us out to to Indianapolis. We'll see, Boomer. uh, Let's start with you first of all. Just uh, what do you thought of that that uh, really fun run for a few days in the Big Ten tournament, and um, if it has any influence on on Tim Miles' future?
0: Yeah, I think that's the first thing to bring up about that. It was fun to watch that just basketball where you just playing to play. The team looked like they were trying in every one of those games, even if they weren't playing the crispest basketball, but they were, you were getting a lot of effort out of people. You got a lot of heart out of, you know, Watson and Palmer, who made the uh, Big Ten uh, conference tournament team. I saw he was selected for that yeah. today, so that was great. Uh, you know, it was just kind of, you were just hoping to see some of that that was the energy we kind of, I think, hoping to see all year from the team. And it, it was it was fun. I don't know what it was. Maybe just playing with no pressure at this point. And maybe that's what they needed, finally, just have all that weight off their shoulders. And it was, you know, enjoyable to watch. They just they had chances against Wisconsin. That that game was winnable, too. I just think they kind of, when you've got about three players to play with on a team, you're kind of tired by the you know, a few games <laughs> in. So, got to be tough. But I, I enjoyed it. It was just fun to just enjoy basketball for a while in the state and not have it all be about... You know, wins and losses. Who are we firing? What are we doing? It was just kind of a good distraction for that for that brief period. There. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. What does it mean for Miles? Well, that's the big question, I think. Is yeah. Well,
1: I guess we'll get to that in just just a few minutes, Honky. I know you probably didn't see too much of this because you've been trying to avoid watching basketball games. But this actually this little mini run started at the previous Sunday where they beat Iowa, came back from sixteen down. They were still down by nine, I think, with fifty seconds left, and were able to push that into overtime. And uh, that was a great, great story on itself. But it, it's curious to me in like how suddenly uh, this sh- team that is short-staffed essentially, right, with only seven players, finally gives the effort and uh, the the one-two that we've been looking for for two months almost from this team mm-hmm. to produce this this kind of feel-good moment for Husker basketball under Tim Miles
2: yeah, I watched overtime of the Iowa game. That's when I turned it on. so I missed that that last minute comeback there, right? I think to the the point kind of that Boomer had there too, and what you're talking about, Dave, is that the narrative of this team changed over the course of the last week and it was really it was a fun moment because the season became a drag and the season wasn't much fun as we went through January and February. And this last week became fun again. I think even Coach Miles had fun, and the players looked like they were having fun. And it was a different type of effort that we were seeing. Part of that came with guys like Trueblood and, and Borchart, some of the Nebraska kids, the walk-on kind of guys, giving that kind of effort coupled with the effort that we were getting from the guys that were the stars of the team, the Palmers and the and the Watsons and Robies showing up. I mean, that combination made it a fun team to watch. We just didn't have much more than about six or seven dudes, and you're only going to go so far that way anyways. But if this is the end, I, I'm glad that it ended this way for Miles in, in terms of it was a, a positive finish. It was a fun week to watch.
1: Yeah, I hear you. Mac, you want to add anything on uh, this last two weeks of performance? And if not, you can just... Talk about Husker football players, like you know something. like
3: that. Yeah, nothing really to add. No big surprises on this end of the table. Uh, these are how Nebraska basketball seasons go. People just forget every year, and you guys will get excited, and then this happens.
2: Well, because then <laughs> you get mad because it can never get better, right, Dave? Isn't uh, that's I mean, right. Is that
3: that's right? It can never way? get
1: better. It can never get better. <laughs> I mean, like I think it's the question in front of us, right? In the sense that we have Bill Moose. Maybe you can blame him. Maybe you can't. But many of people didn't think we were going to beat Rutgers on Wednesday anyway. So he had booked a flight out of Chicago <laughs> to go to California to watch his son play in Cal spring game on Saturday. And uh, he left. Then just had a, uh, a press release, a quick little blurb on Friday after the loss to Wisconsin, saying that I'm not making any decisions until our postseason fate is determined, blah, blah, blah. And... Now we are still waiting, and there's no exact protocol on this scenario. Uh, he can do it a lot of different ways, and especially if he has someone actually already on the top of his list that he pulled out of his drawer, and they may not be available right now because they may still be coaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, there may be no need to be in too big of a hurry to, to fire Tim Miles. It's not like it's not like footballer guys, right? Where like you you fire somebody early so you get in the queue and you can do all this stuff, right? There, it, it's mm-hmm. not really needed quite as much in basketball. But Bill Moose has gotten some pushback from mostly national folks, but some local folks as well, saying you know this is probably not the best way to handle this situation. Uh, honky, you have, have your, your opinions, I suppose, on how an 80 is supposed to fire a basketball coach.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I'm more than annoyed by all the negative press being thrown at Moose right now. I think it's completely unwarranted, completely unfair to your point there, Dave, about even how football is done. He did football the way he was going to do it when it was Riley. He handled it with class. He didn't fire him during the season when people said you have to do that or you're not going to get your guy. He ended up getting the guy he wanted. He allowed Riley to talk to the team and talk to the press afterwards. So I think Moose has shown nothing but a very high level of, of qualifications for the position up until this point. So now, as far as basketball goes, I've heard every excuse in the book why we aren't winning games because of our athletic director not doing something for the coach or doing something for the team. But at the end of the day, I'm willing completely to let this thing play itself out. And I think that's what partly is what Moose is saying, too. Moose says, I'm not going to talk about things until the season's over. Well, the season's not over. And then the second the season was over, you almost got the impression from certain media types that, jeesh, Moose, if you didn't fire him five seconds after the game, what are you doing? Why, why are you letting him hang on like that? Why, yeah. You're so You're so mean to him. And it's like, my goodness, people, just slow down, eat some dip. You know, things will be okay, and and if it takes a couple of days for, for this to work itself out, it will work itself out. We're in the NIT. Let's see what happens from here. But I just think it was completely unwarranted, whether it was the local or the national media really going after him, and I just thought it was the wrong example for what I wanted to see.
1: Yeah, uh, Boomer, you can jump on this. I think it is interesting in the sense that, like, there's been examples football-wise. Lane Kiffin, notoriously, like, got fired on the bus or something like that, right? And everybody's like, oh, that's horrible. You know, you've less sleep. Uh, at least let him, you know, get the flight back home before you fire him. Now, with Lane Kiffin, it's kind of funny, though. I don't Almost know. like Moose was getting criticized for, for not, like, making sure Miles paid his own way back to Lincoln or something. Yeah, know? I
2: should premise it. I would fire Lane Kiffin that way, but that's just that thing.
0: <laughs> boomer? The national media does seem to be critical of how the athletic directors handle this, how Moose has kind of handled this, or the entire athletic department, however you want to put it. There's been questions, you know, how does this athletic department view basketball? How does the state view basketball? How do a lot of our fan base view basketball? You know, do they get the support they want? I don't know. Do we expect a lot out of this program, or are we just convinced we're going to be the Iowa Hawkeyes for all eternity of, you know, a basketball in a football sense? Worse than that, really. Yeah, yeah, so I'm not sure on that. Uh, Has Moose handled the situation great? Like Honky says, we do kind of have to let things play out, see what he does. We've talked about this before, you know, especially behind the scenes about, you know, I think this hire is the one that is probably really going to determine, you know, Moose's real record as an athletic director here. We've talked about, you know, hiring Frost, you know, wasn't a guarantee Frost is going to come here. You know, that he still had to sell the program to Frost and bring him here. But firing Riley was a very easy call. I mean, there's no question there. I mean, Riley couldn't give a good reason to keep Riley here anymore at that point. I mean, there was no, I mean, it it wasn't like he'd won seven games that year, snuck us into the, you know, New Mexico Bowl or something like that. I mean, we were just putrid that year and we were not getting better. So that was an easy fire. Your target was an easy one to go after. I mean, Scott Frost, he's your golden boy. He's the Nebraska guy coming back, coming off an undefeated season. Of course, you're going to target him. I mean, that's just the common sense thing. You've got You know, Tom Osborne, you've got, you know, Matt Davison in your back pocket to help you make that hire, you know, bring him here. You know, that's the
2: easy thing, quote-unquote easy. I mean, again, it's
0: not a guarantee he's going to, you know, Frost is going to come. I mean, he still has to seal that deal. Those steps were pretty simple. See,
2: this is where I take exception to what Boomer's talking about there. He didn't just have Davison and Tom Osborne in his back pocket. He didn't know who the hell Davison was when he got here. He created that conversation. This is where you got to give the guy some credit Because I can name previous athletic directors that wouldn't have gone out of their way to make that contact. And if he had not brought in the quote-unquote easy coach to bring in here, it would have been absolutely disastrous.
0: See, again, I think you're miss, missing what I'm saying here. It's not that it was an easy hire. I mean, it wasn't like it was a guarantee Frost is going to come an easy here. target. But the decision, to the, the target was the easy thing to do. The firing was easy. The target was that you can go gung-ho 100% after Scott Frost. You can bring all that in there. Right now with basketball, we don't have that. Do we even know, do we want to fire Miles? The fan base is torn. That's the question. That's a decision that has to be made. If yes. Who does he target? You hear everything from Lou to Hoiberg to everything. You didn't hear, you know, names bannered about when it came to hiring football. That wasn't well, there. Well, Boomer,
2: let's not even talk about names yet. I mean, the the real discussion is do you do it or do you do you not?
0: Right. And that's, again,
2: this is the I'm challenge I'm seeing a here. lot of yeah. pro-Miles people. And I'm not trying to say right now that I'm saying fire or not fire. I'm not saying that. But I'm seeing a lot of pro-Miles people that they support the heck out of him. And then if somebody says, well, I think we can do better than Miles – they get frustrated you're a bad fan because you're questioning our coach as opposed to, well, what are the expectations of this program? Can we be better than what we are right now? If there was another coach out there, whoever it is that can do that, is it acceptable right now to say, hey, I think someone else can do better than what, we, what we're what we doing? I've had people say that we're a developing program right now. And in my mind, I'm like, we're seven years into right now. I wouldn't call this developing. This was the top team that we've had in decades coming into the season And it's a 13 seed out of 14 team. In the conference. In the conference. Is it okay to sit there and say, I think we can be better than that? And if Miles does come back, we've got to be better than that, right? I mean, And and I don't think it's a thing of do you keep Miles or do you not? He needs a long-term extension if he's going to stay. That's the decision. It's do you move on with another coach or do you commit to Miles for a good four to five seasons? Because that's where we're at right now.
1: Yeah, Mac. Uh, from a fan perspective where you don't have the passion that a honky has on this, and, and and you don't have a lot of expectations. Let's put it flatly, right? I mean, what's your take on
3: it? Husker basketball has always been an enigma to me, quite frankly. I don't understand why we don't seem to do much better. I heard all the good things about Miles when he was hired. I heard all the bad things about the last guy that we fired, and it all kind of shakes out to be about the same. However, I will say that in Miles' time, I have been more interested and more excited watching this brand of basketball than I have. In a long time, I'd say with a few extenuating circumstances, he's done pretty well here. I don't know that James Palmer was that great of a player at Miami. Maybe we should give him some credit for what he did with him. I don't know that Watson's that great of a player, to be honest with you. I don't think any of these guys have a ton of pro potential. I really don't. The, the best guy we had got hurt. Copeland was probably the most complete player we had, and he got hurt. So I'm not, I'm not going to totally buy that he hasn't developed some of these guys. I think there have been some circumstances that have hurt this team this year. When they were playing well, they were playing really well. But you're just not going to convince me that there's a guy out there right now that is a surefire hire to improve the situation. And if that's not the case, then if I was Moose, kind of like what Boomer said, I'm not going to hang my hat on this next hire. I I think it's a safer thing to do to ride Miles out, give him the contract extension, and see if he can make some hay. Because he's good right now with the Frost hire. Miles, there's enough people that want to keep him that he could he could ride this out, especially if Miles turns it around in a couple years.
1: Mac, do you think that PBA still fills up even next year if, if Miles comes back? They're still having fifteen thousand people show up.
3: Yeah, I do. Especially if they're even kind of competitive, I for sure do. I, I don't. I don't see that going away. That people keep talking about that, like Nebraska fans are that fickle. They're not. B- football's been a far bigger disappointment at four wins, and we're still selling that. Well, ba- basket,
2: basketball <laughs> has been fickle. Prior to being at PBA, I mean, obviously they weren't yeah, selling it out true. at all. Well, there, but it's a better experience. It was called the it, Lincoln it, Library for a reason. It's a better experience. There's a there's a reason Boomer and I went around Lincoln trying to sell, build the arena back in 2010, and get the votes out. Right. You're welcome. Lincoln. One thing that's without question, no matter where people fall in, if you're in the pro miles or anti miles camp here, or whatever, he is a wildly popular coach. He's a popular coach with national media. I think for the most part, I think he's a popular coach with local media. Uh, You know, Jack Mitchell, radio guy, if you didn't get a chance to follow him on Twitter, he had a great experience taking his son down to Chicago. They went to the games. I'm glad that he got to watch a couple of wins. It sounds like they really had a a great father-son kind of moment, and he's a huge fan on top of being a radio guy, but he talks about how just great Miles is as a person, and so there's that human element to it. I'm trying to take the human element out of this for a second. What are the expectations of Nebraska basketball? What We asked the question the other day on Twitter. We go, what is the ceiling? It's funny because some people are like, yeah, it's just, well, this is this is what we are. We're not going to be any better than this. What are you talking about? And some people are like, well, hey, we can win a national championship. Why couldn't we? Dave, you asked some questions. I guess you said out in Denver, you talked to Purdue people and Kansas people. I mean, what what are the expectations that anybody else has of what this program could be?
1: Yeah, I, I asked a few of those questions because I have read some of these national articles uh, saying, I think it was Dan Walken maybe from uh, Yahoo Sports and someone from The Athletic, and they're like, hey, Nebraska needs to know their place. This is about as good as they should ever be. They're never going to be a power, quote-unquote, and, and uh, Tim Miles is doing just fine. What, what the heck are they complaining about? And uh, it's interesting. I was, I was talking to a Purdue fan. Uh, it was the first day of the Big Ten tournament we were watching the Nebraska Rutgers game and I'm like, you know, what do you think about Nebraska, um, et cetera, et cetera. And he's like, uh, yeah, you guys are competitive. I mean, that's, that's about what I expect from you guys. You know, I mean, why would you want to fire all fire 10 miles, you know? And I'm like, well, you know, we, we pay him just probably a few hundred thousand less than Matt Painter. And he's, you know, delivered you a conference championship and probably a three or four seat or whatever in the, in the tournament. And our guy has been there for seven years and, And has delivered one NCAA tournament during that period. And he had his most talented team, to Honky's point here, just a few minutes ago. And we finished 13th in the conference. You know, I expected a little bit more than that. And he's like, oh, I guess so, you know. I mean, he just didn't really, really think, why would Nebraska fans care to be better than what they are today? And then yesterday, I was talking to a buddy of mine who's a KU guy huge basketball fan and he took the the opposite approach he's like yeah you guys could be way better than what you are I mean it's ridiculous that you're not actually performing at a higher level and you know he has that perception that he, he knows that I mean from a peer group wise we're not much different than Case state or in Iowa State and he's like you could at least be that right and uh, I think that's where the the uh, split between the kind of local and national expectations of Nebraska basketball seem to kind of fall apart there a little bit in the sense of like there's just some geography there sure i mean i I don't think nebraska fans think they're going to be in the final four every other year like michigan state or something like that but can we not make the tournament more often than once in 20 years (laughs) can we actually win a game in the tournament why not
2: how different would the perception of miles be right now if his season last year would have ended in NCAA tournament bid, which as we're learning right now, the, the uh, NET standings and rankings and all that, like Boomer, you asked it on Twitter earlier today, like what do these NET rankings even mean? Right. You have a team this year, like Ohio state that goes eight and 12 in conference, they make it to the tournament. And then you have us last year at 13 and five or whatever we went and we don't make it. I know it gets into numbers and metrics and all that stuff. But the point is, you can at least make the argument we sh- we should have made it last year. Or we could have made it. If we would have, now all of a sudden Miles would have taken two Nebraska ball teams to the NCAA tournament.
1: We wouldn't be having this conversation, Honky. Oh, yeah. Right know, he would have totally got he would it, have got a yeah. three-year extension yeah. last year.
2: Now, what's so funny is that Miles, I, I hear it all the time. Miles is so popular with the Seth Davises and all of these national guys. Oh, my God. He's so popular. I wish he was more popular with the committee. I really wish he was because, I mean, you could even make the argument with some of the teams that we're getting in today, the Arizona States and the, the St. John's. You can make the argument from an NET standpoint that we could have gotten in, even with our, our record Sure. Year.
1: Yeah, I mean, St. John's got in with a 73 NIT, or NET. It's two completely different years. It's just crazy because the Big Ten, historically a bad year last year with only, what, four teams making it. Mm-hmm. Just a historically bad year for the Big Ten. And here... A, a historically good year maybe not great they've had slightly better years but a very very good year for the big 10 and then that net and even rpi looks great because of it right and it, it's the difference between being 13 and 5 and not getting in and and 8 and 12 and, and getting in and it, it's crazy right but it is what it is
2: i'll throw out a, an example we talked about k-state and iowa state their names are brought up briefly as being kind of a yes. pure institution to us right From a basketball perspective. From a basketball perspective and kind of peer institution from Midwest, small school, that kind of thing. Yeah,
1: similar geographies, fan bases.
2: K-State in one season brings in Bob Huggins. If we had a coach that had that kind of name recognition, I'm not throwing out a name, I'm just saying that level of coach. And we would have had him over the last two years. Would we have gotten into the NCAA tournament one of those two years?
1: With the exact same resume?
2: All thing, all other things being the same. How much does name recognition and cachet of the coach?
1: In do- my opinion, we would not have gotten in. There would be no difference. That's my opinion. Indiana didn't get in today. And Archie Miller, highly respected coach. TCU did not get in today. Jamie Dixon, highly respected coach. But I, I think this debate is intriguing to me in the sense of, like, the expectations. Of Boomer, I was running the numbers uh, last night and this morning. I think you confirmed that. I was correct that. You know, we've talked a lot about Nebraska never winning an NCAA tournament game. And because of Northwestern winning two years ago, we're the only Power 6 school. That's the Power 5-plus Big East to never win an NCAA tournament game, which is bad enough of a of a thing to have on the resume. But... I was looking more recent history, and since 1998, we have had 20 20 seasons. We've made the tournament once, and we lost, obviously. And there's 75 total Power Six schools out there. 71 of them not only have made the tournament, but won a game in the tournament in the last 20 years. Yes. That's crazy, right? Yeah, isn't that incredible? The three that haven't
0: are... I mean they're dredges of college sports in a lot of ways. I mean, yeah, it's what? Rutgers, Oregon State and TCU, yeah, who's never been a basketball power by any stretch of the imagination. It, it that's just amazing that I mean, we're talking like They've all Penn won a game. St- yeah, like Penn State has won a game. I mean, for God's sakes. I mean, they're historically as bad at basketball as we are, but they've managed to make a tournament and win a game. And I think that's again where we're just selling ourselves short. And that's I think one of my, you know, biggest problems with Miles, you know, is yeah, we've made the tournament a time and we should have made it last year but then when we do have those seasons where everyone's expecting us to do something when it should be easy for us to get in like say this year or 2014 things just go catastrophically off the rails and i don't know why
2: yeah
0: i mean we started uh, didn't we start 2014 ranked even or weren't we like 23rd i mean
2: lost the rhode island right away yeah
0: i mean that's that's a season where you know like you're talking hockey all you got to do is just be Okay, and you know, you start the season ranked and you finish okay, and your name will get you in at that point because you, know, you started ranked, so of course they have to be good. And we always seem to fail at that. And I don't know why that is. And I don't know what, what the problem is with that.
1: The massive losing streaks that Miles' teams have put together are shocking, right? We lost seven games this year. That's not even one of his worst losing streaks, actually. He's, no. he's finished the season with nine, ten, eleven game losing streaks. You're just like, I mean, there's like, I don't get I, it. I don't get it either. It's just like our scoring droughts in
0: games. I don't get it. It's just, there's just these times where we just seem to forget how to play basketball, how to shoot, how to do anything, and then then every so often he'll just put these runs together. You know, that's how, that's how we got into the tournament that one year. We yeah, just had this miraculous eight-game run and happened. And just at the end of this year, to get everyone's positive feelings back, we just had a you know good three or four-game run. And okay, now we're
1: kind of happy again. And Again, go back to the idea that Honky was throwing out of, like, can we bring a big-name coach in? It's also intriguing to me that some folks don't think you can hire a decent coach that has a track record of making the tournament of any sort here, like no one will want to come to Nebraska. That, that frustrates the heck out of me because why in the heck do we build an arena? Why do we have 15,000 people showing up to, to home games opposed to a Penn State or Rutgers who plays yeah. in front of a crowd of hundreds, essentially? We it's, we have way too good of a fan base to have this bad of a program, and that that has to add up at some point. Uh, we're clearly paying Miles more than what he's worth right now, too. Although, in fairness, Dave, that,
0: that crowd of hundreds at Penn State really seems to intimidate the hell out of us. So we'll <laughs> I never, know. You know yeah.
2: I'm so tired of, of Husker fans that devalue the program when they sit there and say that this is not a top program and, and, and you can't sell this as a top program. The job of the AD, if, you, if, if he's going to make a change, the job of the AD is to sell this as a top program. The job is to go to anybody and go, you're, you're going to sell out games... Whether you guys are winning or not, that that's something that's happening. People, you're going to have the support. You're going to have the resources. Look at the facilities that you have here. You're going to play in a top basketball league. You want to talk about recruits because I hear all about how it's so hard to recruit in Nebraska. But we just, you know, once Mike Dom gets drafted today or this year, that's going to be three straight years of native Nebraskans gone in the NBA draft. None of them came from Nebraska. If you fast forward and look forward to the next two or three years, there's three or four more recruits that you could get from Nebraska yeah. just by going into Omaha and getting those kids and getting Donovan Williams. and You can always get one kid out of the state of Nebraska every year. Do that over a course of four years, and, and you have four of your 13 players. We had a guy on Twitter last night say, stop comparing us to Wisconsin because Wisconsin has 5.9 million people. Well, they have four guys on their team from Wisconsin, four. I'm telling you, every year, get the best player from Nebraska. You can have four on your team from Nebraska. There's excuse after excuse after excuse why this team can't be good, and none of it makes any sense. Creighton can get to the NCAA tournament and have some success. Wichita State yeah. and Kansas State, and it's sharing the same 3 million or however many that live in Kansas, sharing that with a basketball blue blood, Wichita State can be a one seed one year, and, and K-State's had you know history like we haven't seen. Iowa and Iowa State, and then every once in a while Northern Iowa goes out and does something, or Drake has that unbelievable year. I mean, there is no excuse that anybody can give. I don't care if it's miles or not next year. There's no excuse that this can't be a great basketball program. There just isn't. Yeah. I have a colleague who's made the, made the statement as far as basketball going, and I kind of agree with him. He goes, what we need to do if we're going to make a change, we, we finally have to do something different. And different means a lot of things, but different means maybe getting somebody with some blue blood background, whether it's an assistant coach coming from there, right. somebody that maybe brings a different style of ball than, than Sadler, Collier, and, and unfortunately most of the time some, you know, Miles, you know, actually a fun style of ball to, to run, something that might be different in the Big Ten than what, what is seen. You know I don't know that we can just recruit and go mano-a-mano mano against the, the Michigan States and Purdue's and play their style, but can we do something different than them? Whatever it is, there's no excuse that we can't be a great basketball pro.
1: Agreed. That's my opinion. Mac, you you, you have any uh, any thoughts again from the
3: Yeah, I mean, you guys get pretty worked up about this. <laughs> <laughs> It's status quo on my side of the table. <laughs> you just, just give us a good football program. Some, sometimes we get to go to the NCAA tournament, and sometimes we don't. You know? Just win football games. That's all man. Sometimes the coach's names change. And, you know. Well, what Hockey
1: was saying there to me, it sounded a little bit like I was I was listening to the bottom line earlier this week. I think it was Andy Markowski was on, and he, he went to the tournament in 98 with uh, Taron Liu and, and whatnot, and... That was a game they they could have won that game. I, I think they were Arkansas, were they playing Arkansas yeah. that year. Yep. Yeah, they Arkansas, they had to lead yeah. relatively late. I mean, they, that was that was one that got away. Um, but it was interesting. It, it was Sam McEwen as was interviewing. and mean, he read something off Markowski back in twenty twelve. Whenever Tim Miles got got hired, was pretty much saying like, you know, hey, I had no offense to Tim Miles, I'm sure he's great, but I mean, we need to go out and get somebody somebody that. That really can change the program, a program changer from a big name, that type of thing. And, and he's say, saying it again. He's like, why can't we go ahead and get somebody like that? Uh, I, and we're doing everything ex- except having the, the coach that can can deliver it. I don't know. I, I don't, It's going to be intriguing. We're going to find out here, I guess, right? Uh, Boomer, it seems like, and maybe we have a, an argument here too, I don't know, but Moose apparently seems to be waiting for the NIT to play out. So that's whether we win or lose on Wednesday. If he loses, then we could see something get announced. If if Nebraska wins, we expect Nebraska then to keep miles until, until such date that we are no longer playing games. Is that how you, you see this shaking I, out? I don't know. Uh, you know, because like his statement the other day,
0: you know, after the Big Ten tournament, was he wanted to wait until the NIT announcements were made before he— completed his evaluation of the season or something like that so right. well okay the announcements are made so i guess is Could your evaluation tomorrow. done at this point i don't, I don't right. know I'd, I'd hate to think you know you got to wait to see what happens in the nit before you make your decision on this i mean if you're again concerned about in the upper right bracket it, it hinges on keeping a coach or not i don't know that kind of worries me a little but I, I don't know i'm not sure what his what his plan is at this point and you know that again that remains to be seen and like that's why I think this plays a big role in you know how we evaluate Moose's tenure as athletic director yeah. here.
1: So. I mean, he's in a bit of a perilous spot if he lets this play out because they just won. You know, three games in a row there against pretty good competition. So they could do that again yep. and they could be find themselves in New York City in two weeks essentially, right? And you're yeah. like, what the heck I, are you gonna yeah, do the, now? And the
0: NIT is such a wild card, you know, whether teams show up to motivate it at all yeah. or not. I mean, you looked at our team last year, had no interest in being there, and that clearly showed as we got, you know, tattooed and, you know, swept off the court in short fashion. But by Mississippi this State, year, maybe they who yeah, hired Ben Howland year, they might care a little bit to turn their so program just just playing around. for fun and playing for their coach one last time, I don't know. They could easily win a few games or a table. and
2: What I would say is if if a change was made or if anything happens, when, when Mac and I, we w- we went to, to Raising Cane's and we had some delicious chicken fingers, and it was when Mike Riley was hired. And I remember the moment because we were both looking at our phones and it was like Mike Riley hired his head coach. And we're like, what? And we look around the rest of the room and everybody apparently was getting the exact same message at the exact same time. And you saw confused looks on all these chicken finger eating people's faces. That's the thing that can't happen right now. If a change may, you know, happens if, if we let go of miles, if that's what Moose decides that, that almost boomer to your point about like the Riley thing, the easy thing could be making the decision to let somebody go. The hard thing is, okay, now you need to bring in the right person, right? That next person, it can't be a name that people end up looking at their phones and going, what? It needs to sure. be somebody that's like, oh, okay, I get it. I, wow. I totally get it. The second I see that person, I understand why you made that change.
1: It's intriguing, and in since you know, I mean, we've been texting on this for quite a while. Mac, you were bringing up the point is like, if Moose doesn't have like that guy, that's like a duh. Of course, you're going to hire that guy. Moment, he might be better off keeping Miles because if he doesn't have the right right fit right now, even if you have to go ahead and give him an extension and then fire him next year because that's how long it took you to find the right guy. You're in a spot where, like, you can't hire the South Dakota State guy and you're in a revolt like we're looking at Tennessee with football, right? I mean, it's that's bad news in my opinion. You just pissed off the people that that wanted to keep Miles because you fired him and you just pissed off the people that you that wanted Miles fired but wanted a bigger name profile coach, right? Uh, you're in a bad spot there. So,
3: Yeah, that's, I don't I, know. that's why I tend to agree with Boomer on this is because it's exactly right. There is no clear cut right thing to do here. I mean, Tim's won just enough games to make it inconvenient. Any kind of run in the NIT is going to be a even more problematic in terms of making a move. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's not an aha coach out there. There's, to my knowledge. Well, there and, could be. We well, just don't Miles know has yet. got just enough supporters. This is not what Riley was. Riley was, let's get him out of here. Riley was smothering the program with a pillow. You know, Miles isn't doing that.
2: I would disagree that there aren't some AHA coaches or or, I I think there are some out there that if if they became the Nebraska head coach, I think people would be like, oh, okay, cool. And they'd be very pleased with that. But that's not to say that. that Yeah, but
3: not 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 one guy that like I would say that was 100 percent like Scott Frost was 100 percent. Everybody wanted him. I don't. Well, I don't know that there's a coach out okay, there. yeah, I, don't I understand, but get, I think to to the Honky's are, point, some people are going to be mad. You fire Frost. Frost is a, yeah. If we had a,
0: if like the closest comparison, I suppose to Frost would be like, you know, we don't want, we're not expecting too much of Tyron Lou. You got an ex Husker, you know, player coach. Right, I mean, yeah. would the fan base be 100 percent behind that that hire? I don't know. They might be. Well, let's not, might it. not it Doesn't it. even seem there's like an idea there.
3: that could yeah. happen. Yes, I agree, Tyron Lou. But I mean. I have heard nothing that he Let's not
2: players. rewrite history. Frost wasn't 100%. There were fans that were not 100% behind Frost and there were fans that still wanted Riley because he 99. he was, was going to bring Buki. So I mean but but the point is the point is you're right. There's no 100% guy, but just like with any any move, a lot of times I've said this since since Solich got fired it's easy to fire somebody that's not the hard part the hard part starts the second that you do so yeah there better be a plan in place if a change is made no doubt about that but i do think that yes there are lots of coaches actually out there i dave you, you understand the basketball landscape a lot better than i do but i would argue there are lots of coaches out there that if they would choose to come to nebraska people would be pleased with now i have no idea if they are interested That's, that's part of the job of understand before you make a firing is no doubt. You're probably going out there and you're gauging some of the interest. And, and if you're not getting the interest, that probably changes your thoughts on whether to make a move or not.
3: Maybe the NIT helps for the coaching search.
1: I know hockey doesn't want to name names because he thinks that's inappropriate, I guess, but it's really good podcast fodder. So Mm -hmm. um, if we could really quickly, and we're not, not suggesting anything here, right? Maybe miles come, you know, sticks around, but if, if a move was to happen uh, what names would fall into the no-duh, yeah, that's a great hire. So we already mentioned Lou, the dream at this point, it feels like there's no real real uh, connection, doesn't seem like. Fred Hoiberg probably would be in that category, I feel like. Honky, you mentioned Mark Turgeon, just because his, he has a connection here in the geography. He was a KU guy. He has...
2: Uh, his dad lives in town. He, he He was at Oregon when Moose was at Oregon, yeah.
1: Correct. Yeah, he was actually an assistant coach at Oregon when Moose was there, so there might be an actual um, relationship there. Uh, other no does that you have in your head, Boomer? I always thought Muscleman at Nevada yes. would be
0: a great pick if he can get him out of there. Um, I think that's a great hire. You know, he 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 would move the needle. I would think he's shown a lot of success there. We have to be able to pay more than Nevada does, so it's you know not out of the realm of possibility to go after somebody
1: like yep. that now. Whether.
0: We could land him or not. I don't know, but yeah, he would be one. I definitely would want to look at. I think would people would be excited Greg about. Greg Marshall's
1: another one. I hear he's a little eccentric, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, does Craig Smith? Is he a realistic
0: possibility? At oh, Utah State, he's an easily realistic possibility.
1: Year. I don't know if he's a no duh. I think that would be slightly that. That is the category of like, huh? That's interesting because he's a Tim Miles guy. You just yeah. hired right. would, one mean, of Tim Miles' assistant to coaches, to, I'd, to say the least. I yeah. question. Question the no duh on that one, but it could be a possibility. I don't know if this
2: falls into no duh, but at least it falls into a different style of coach. Is Dave, you brought up the UNC, uh, like second assistant.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, Hubert Davis.
2: That That's going a different route than what we've gone over the course of the last two or three or four times.
1: Another one out there from that uh, chain of thought it would be Wes Miller, who is the uh, UNC Greensboro head coach, another North Carolina guy, uh, Roy Williams, disciple. But is already a head coach in a mid-major scenario. They just missed the cut today and are in the NIT. So, yeah, there's those guys that I think people would warm up to quickly, but may not, when they see the the announcement come over their their Twitter, uh, know the name right away.
2: No matter what, I <laughs> this has been a great conversation on this. No matter what, I am proud of the team for this last week. I'm glad that they ended it the way they did. I know... This has been an incredibly frustrating season for fans and the players and coaches alike, but, but I, I was so glad to see how they, they performed. It brought a lot of excitement. I know I was sitting there on Thursday and Friday afternoon. We were really excited. I sat down with some friends and we watched the games, and, and it was good to see Nebraska putting up a fight there after, gosh, that, you mentioned it. I, I watched that Penn State game at Penn State, and I didn't bother watching the next couple games until the overtime of Iowa. You know, it was just good to see the fight.
1: And the fight seemed to actually come from from Johnny Trueblood and the walk-ons. And it, it would be interesting. Again, you like Tim Miles, but, like, why couldn't he have found that combination in February where just playing Johnny Trueblood for 10 or 12 minutes might have given that team a spark, right? it's also interesting to to see how well Watson and Palmer played in these last few games where they got pretty much the green light to score whenever they could because there wasn't a a need to to oh let's let's spread the ball around right it's like no James go ahead and score right i i i understand the Tim Miles uh, believers but I, i'm frustrated that he couldn't find these combinations in february or january when they needed to do because if Boomer, you mentioned this before the the cast started. We're two or three games away from being in the tournament right now. If we had two or three more net wins, if we somehow beat Maryland earlier in the year, had beaten Minnesota, didn't lose to Penn State, which would have been a net one win, quad one win, uh, three more wins uh, probably gets you into this tournament. That's ridiculous. The opportunities were there, and Tim Miles couldn't get that out of his team when he needed to.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's the frustrating part of the season, and that's just kind of been the the frustrating part. of, I guess the entire Miles tenure. It's just it's there. It's so close, and for some reason we just can't get over that razor's edge. And I don't know what it is. Or
2: and for and for what it's worth, the Big Ten is looking at Omaha as a potential Big Ten tournament location in the next couple of years. They were listed with a couple of other cities. So wouldn't it be great? It would be about four or five years from now uh, when Omaha could potentially be one of them. But wouldn't it be great to have Nebraska be good? And be good at a time when we could be playing at basically at home for the uh, the Big Ten tourney title. I mean, that's just you know that's my that's my dream as I'm looking into the future.
0: I'd be happy to be good if we're playing in East Brunswick, New Jersey. You know, just just be good, just just for a little while. Can't we have that? And now,
2: scarlet colored glasses. Let's go to the mailbag. Let's start with since we've been talking basketball. Let's start with. uh, Dave, this question goes for you. It's from the Vault. He's new. Uh, since our Huskers the missed the Big Dance again for another season, should we be required to cheer for other Big Ten teams?
1: Oh, that's interesting. I would say no. <laughs> not if you not if you really feel compelled to do so. Um, I, I think it's okay to cheer for the Big Ten. So, if like for example, how many do we have in eight? Is that right?
0: Yes, correct. Yes, eight. we want
1: the Big Ten to do well. So you want to go six and two or seven and one, and you know you want want teams to go in far into the tournament, represent the conference well, but you shouldn't feel compelled to root for uh, all of the teams equally, right? It's just more of a a overall performance. So if you some reason really hate Wisconsin, don't root for Wisconsin, right? They're playing Oregon, whatever. Um, if you don't like Sparty, don't root for Sparty. But at the end of the day, we want the Big Ten to perform well. So I think overall, conference-wise, you're rooting for a good performance at the conference level. Don't worry about individual teams.
2: So it's okay to root for Cincinnati to beat Iowa?
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> right. It's That's always okay. okay to root yeah. against Iowa. There's never, never a reason to root for Iowa.
2: All right. Well, another new mailbagger, a history teacher. Boomer, I'm going to direct this one to you. Who deserves a statue first, Walter C. Bummy Booth or Ewald Jumbo Steam?
0: Ooh, that's a tough one. But uh, as much as I do enjoy Bummy Booth and his fabulous season that he did have, I I think you have to go with uh, Jumbo Steam just simply because of the – one, he's our winningest coach ever, just percentage-wise. I mean, he's – higher one percentage than both uh you know bob devaney or uh tom osborne and he's also probably our top basketball coach and that's been one of my uh bugbears is that uh when we've ever since we fired him or well actually didn't so much fire him as didn't pay him the money he was asking for and he left we've never been good at basketball really since so I think we've been cursed (laughs) ever since we let Bummy or excuse me let uh, Ewald Steam go to Indiana yeah, where he also coached basketball and Indiana's been successful since so it's clearly you know we've been cursed ever since so yeah we need to raise that statue to him get that awareness up now there's no reason we can't build one to Bummy as well I mean those teams are outstanding as well and really kind of built a reputation for Nebraska you know as being in the power west of the Mississippi which you know there weren't a whole lot of them back in the day and you know it was important Boomer, for, for, our, for the
1: our our less informed Redcast listeners that don't know Husker history as well as you can you give me the uh, uh, the era there who, who was first was it bummy booth or, or Yeah, bummy o, booth was first. He yeah
0: he was the coach uh gosh the exact years 1902 1903 ish around there he had a, a few seasons yep. there was a f- outstanding coach and uh, the and the game was granted a little different but uh one of the teams it was unbeaten untied unscored upon i mean you went through the entire entire season without allowing a single point i mean that's pretty impressive it was actually one of the, the peak teams that year and if we were a school like Michigan or someone in the SEC, we'd claim a national title out of it, because why not? Yes. I mean, you might as well. And uh, Ewald team, he was uh, in the teens, um, 19...
2: Actually, Boomer, I, I know the answer to this. I think it was 1911 to 15, because have you guys been um, paying attention to the athletic? They've been doing it, yes, the, the 150 yeah. years of college football, and they've been doing it by decade. And the last decade that they just posted an article about was the the 1900s. So Nebraska, for the first time, got a couple of mentions. We didn't have a great team or a great season necessarily in it, but we got mentioned a couple times. But it's the next one that they're going to have, the 1910s. That's the one I'm, I'm curious, Boomer, I really want you to watch because yeah. that's, I mean, there's going to be Ewald Jumbo Steam all over that one, you'd think.
0: Yeah, I mean, for example, his, his career was 35-2-3. and three. He was 14-0-1 oh, in conference. I mean. He won the Missouri Valley Conference every year. He was our football head coach. I mean, hard to go wrong with that. In basketball, we won it every year except for the last year where we finished second. I mean, that's some good yeah. coaching right there. It's something we should celebrate more and, by God, get the statue up there.
2: Get the statue. I guess that segues us a little bit into football, and I can't believe it. We're probably 50 or so minutes in the show, and we haven't talked football yet. And uh, Peyton Blakely, he gives us the final question from the mailbag, and this one's going to go to Mac. He goes, I know this is asked a lot, but do you believe Jalen Bradley will have a breakthrough spring?
3: A breakthrough spring from Jalen Bradley wouldn't that be a wonderful story? I think we could all get behind him having a good off season you know he changed his body back, he's a little leaner now he's uh cleaned up some off field issues, so he's giving himself a real go and not to mention the room is wide open for this yep uh so there's nothing stopping him like literally nothing there's there's reps to be had there's uh he's in the best shape of his life, according to you know the reports we've heard. So yeah, I mean, if it's if it's in him, if it's possible, this will be his time. If if he doesn't carve out a niche for himself this time, this this spring, I mean, he's either building his resume for the next team or he's going to play this year. You know, that's that's how it breaks down. So yeah, fingers crossed. Well, thank you, uh, Peyton, and,
2: and the Vault and History teacher. Uh, you can always ask questions uh, at Go Big Redcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and you can email us at Go Big Redcast at Gmail.
1: Hey hockey, just really quick uh remind me here so with spring ball right now spring break is starting now is that right so they are not in practice for the next week is that correct?
2: correct yeah, it's Sunday night right now tomorrow monday they they will be off the the university uh, for students is is off for the next week, so they will be there should be no new practices or anything coming out uh, from gotcha. that perspective
1: and then they'll resume next monday or so yeah i think it's the
2: following monday i think that's the first day back and so mm-hmm. this is again it's a great test we've been mac during all of our basketball talk he's been looking at some videos of, of practices and seeing how players are, you know are looking right now and some of the photos and everything and yeah, this got, is
3: go to nebraska football at uh, husker fb nation there are some fantastic uh, practice uh, footage and incidentally uh, there's some padded practices, so you know those are recent. And Maurice Washington is in those videos, so he is he is ah. back and he is practicing. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, t- Adrian's looking; he's dropping dimes. I mean, well, I'll, I'll tell, tell you what: you the spring
2: break is always a challenge for me. It's a challenge. Yeah. What I would say it's a challenge <laughs> for undisciplined teams, which I don't think we are. But undisciplined teams that that's that's the time where coaches are always worried that the guys are going to come back a week later. They've been. Partying, doing whatever, and they're you know and they're not ready to go. And we're looking at these guys, Mac. We've been looking at these photos here for the last hour, and Will hannes and JJ Doman and oh my, oh, yeah. or JoJo Doman. I mean, my goodness, these the guys. Line Farniak Farn- and,
3: and Hymas look. Bo Wilson looks great. These guys
2: look serious about what they're doing, and and I can't imagine. My point is, I can't imagine these guys not taking the next week serious, I, even without practice.
3: I, that's a great question,
1: on, uh, Mac. Have you heard anything about? Uh, the coaching staff, are they encouraging the the kids to get away for a week and just take a break from football or like, Hey, they're like stay in town and, and keep working out. Or, I mean, is there any, you know, Frost message, message has
3: always kind of been with the team is to, you know, football's important, but there's other things in life that are important too. So I'm sure he, he's stressed to somewhat getting away, but at the same time, this team seems unusually, I know it's off season, but they seem pretty focused on, on their goals for this year. And it's, and it's, and it's a youth movement on top of that because they're really young this year. Uh, <laughs> really but, really. but they but they seem very mature and focused. So I don't think that that message needed to be like maybe in a couple of years past would have been as important one for a mm-hmm. head coach to 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 really sell his team. I don't think that's the case with this year's team. They'll probably get away and 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 have some fun, but these guys are workers. They're yeah. grinding. Hey, you know we
2: we talked with a, a buddy of mine, a friend of mine who uh, his son's on the team as a walk on. And this was back in December. We were talking with him, and we had just asked kind of the question about, "Hey, how's uh, how's he, how's your son doing lifting wise? You know, did they have to do much with the uh, not having a bowl game?" And he's like, "Yeah, they lifted every day except for, or he lifted every day except for twice during December." So, I mean, these guys—that right. was something that they were doing on their own. They were they were going to be ready for the start of winter conditioning. So. I think it's a, you know, it, again, I brought it up about the whole spring break thing mm-hmm. that I think some coaching staffs may have to worry about it. I don't think the staff needs to. These kids, they understand that how difficult it is if you don't take care of yourself, if you don't do the right things, it, it's going to show up. It will show up next Monday or it'll show up at that next practice. So, sure. sure. Uh, well,
3: and I think too that the, the way the spring has started and it just sounded like, by the coaches accounts, Duvall has done a fantastic job in the offseason, yep. and practice has been able to go longer and with more stamina and the, and the speed and pace that they want. So when players see those kind of things result from hard work, I feel like they're less likely to let that stuff slip away from by kind of some stupid behavior. So, that you know, people will believe what you tell them if they're seeing results, and I feel like that's what's happening this year. So mm-hmm. um, good stuff going in.
2: I, I have a question uh, here. That, maybe add this to the mailbag a little bit here. It was something, I saw it on on Twitter. Somebody mentioned, like, I can't remember where I saw it, but they, they just said, like, how much better off are we right now because Jebbia left when he did? So I guess the idea is if he hadn't left, it lets, he sticks around, he plays instead of a bunch in a couple of those games when, when Martinez is injured, maybe Jebbia's still around, he's taking snaps from guys. Are we better off because he would have been here, or is it just... How much better are we right now? Because he left, Martinez got every snap, never looked over his shoulder. Martinez is now a Heisman candidate coming in here. I'm just throwing the question mm-hmm. out to the to the yeah. bunch. I don't, not directed at anyone.
1: I, I would, I would say that from one perspective, the the Adrian not having to look over his shoulder the whole season was a good thing. I would argue on the other side. I think there is a chance that if Jebia had played against. Colorado and Troy we win two more games and we would have had a bunch of extra practices because we made a bowl. So, you know, and at that point, I think Jebbia probably still would have left before even here. He wouldn't be here now, even if he would have played last year, because Adrian still would have owned that job. So he wouldn't be the distraction at this point.
3: Mac. I I tend to completely agree with you. I do think he might've netted us a couple wins, which would have in turn got us a lot more practice time. Uh, but then again, who knows? Maybe we don't maybe we don't lose some of the guys we need to lose to like a like a Tajon or some of the other cats that took off for Oregon State. So uh you know, when it, when you're at the next season, it's almost like, well, does it really matter? I mean, four wins to six wins, a bowl game to not a bowl game. Adrian's not looking over his shoulder, and we clearly have the quarterback of the future. I like the quarterback room a lot. Uh, so I mean everything we're hearing about uh McCaffrey and then he still got bunchy back there. I just think and obviously Vetrel. So uh better it's a wash for me. That's that's a push, I think for what the room is now for what two wins means to last year. It's a, it's a coin flip for me. Good
1: question though. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: And I guess the the last thing I have with football, uh they were doing what looked like an Oklahoma drill on video that was all right. all over social media. And Frost made the point of saying it's not the Oklahoma drill; it's it's the Nebraska drill. Correct. And if we're going to be renaming things, and I think it, yeah. Is this, Toby, yeah, this Toby is it this your, is a
3: shout out to Tony Hayek. And, Tony and, and I totally agree with him, and I feel like the, as the Red Cast gets results, uh, we all know what the duck, duck R position is, and and you know where it gets his roots and everything like that. But Tony suggested we switch it to the Husk R position, <laughs> and yes. I really like yes. that idea. I don't know why I haven't heard that more, but I'm like, so from now on, you know. Uh, Wandell Robinson's the Huskar and and so's you know uh, Miles Jones I can't think of name any... yeah Miles hey, Jones, Miles Jones. Is the Huskar that's right, yeah. that's so Huskar, Huskar we'll tweet it out there's gonna be a Huskar <laughs> lifestyle we'll maybe get hashtags or we'll that's put right. it right next to the e like Steen you know that, that's gonna be Redcast gets results if we do anything this offseason folks let's get that Let's see if we can get Coach Frost to say that.
2: Yeah, small, small things. Uh, if, we, if Coach Frost can say Huskar, if we can get a Ewald Jumbo Steam small statue. Small things, folks. Small things.
3: And induct the Baron. Induct yeah, the Baron into steps. the uh to yeah. the Hall hey, of Fame. Michael, here's a question for you. Better chance of getting the statue erected in front of Memorial Stadium or in front of the PBA? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Good question. That's a tough
1: good question. Call? Yeah. We kinda need somebody in front of PBA. Uh,
0: yeah, we kinda do, actually, but uh Positioning wise, I, I, I think he'd kind of want it to, uh, just kind of where the old uh, Nebraska field was, where they used to play. I think there's room over there; you could slide a statue in yeah, over that there. Could pretty be interesting. Easy. So yeah, you, it doesn't have to okay. necessarily be in front of either of them. You can just have it sure, over there and be its sure. own little shrine. I think. So.
1: It's got promise. I like it.
2: Well, that's that's football, and and Dave, uh, there's not much baseball to talk about, but uh, obviously we didn't have a weekend series, and we were number 18 in the RPI.
1: Yeah, we're not gonna move because we're not playing. It's uh, very frustrating to not get these games in because it is not gonna help in the long run. You wanna play games at this point. Sounds like they may place uh Air Force in Omaha in a on a turf field. Mm-hmm. And so Oh really? I was scheduled we'll, to
3: work that game. So they're not playing it? The baseball? Yeah. Oh, they're well, not here.
1: Unlikely to be playing it in Lincoln because the field's yeah. Still not Looks in like right, I'm right, right off condition, Tuesday. <laughs> but it could be in Omaha. So yeah. we'll see. So we'll see. Yeah. All right. So football wise, honk, uh, we'll come back, and then we'll have about two, three weeks left before a spring spring game. Right. So correct. Yep.
3: Coaches right. clinic Sounds will be good. in there, and yep, yep. and end the spring game. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of
1: stuff. <laughs> That's right. And you guys are going to the coaches clinic, so that'll be a Good uh, opportunity to see uh, the team up close. All right, let's. Uh, I'm going to be standing next part- to
3: him for pictures for scale. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> We're going to take a bunch of four scale pictures. <laughs>
1: Mac, why don't I let you uh, start our parting shots? Then.
3: Well, I, I just want to wish all our Redcasters a uh, happy St. Patty's Day. I know this has been a rough uh, l- r- last week for for the Nebraska fans out there, but uh, go ahead and tie one on tonight. A little green beer, but then Uber ride home. So safe celebrations everyone
1: good advice boomer well
0: i might want to hang on to that beer just in case the water restrictions (laughs) last longer than we hoped but uh just uh be careful out there everybody you know take the stuff seriously everyone do their parts and uh let's pull together as nebraska excellent and hockey
2: well of course my parting shots are a little longer but uh my parting shot number one goes to Shot Clean, who uh, was a longtime Husker Vision person. That he just retired after 24 years. He helped build it from the start, and uh, now I mean it's you know it's one of the premier college football video production units. And so, 24 years with the with the uh, with the program, and, and retiring. Hope he has a great retirement. Also, I want to mention Husker History on Twitter and Boomer. We've been doing some stuff with them back and forth, just talking back and forth with them. Nothing specific but i mean they i think they're with the world herald but anyways they've been doing a great thing where they've been going like position by position greatest ofs you know greatest offensive lineman greatest mm-hmm. defense alignment it's been really a lot of fun we've been going and responding quite a bit to them on the offensive line i i put down you know who i thought the top five offensive lineman was and i said remington and then gosh i think it was shields stein cooler and then fifth was taylor and we had a couple people like how could Taylor be fifth? Oh my goodness, he was an All American at two spots, and it's like I'm not saying Taylor's bad. I'm just like, which Outland do you want me to move oh, yeah. him above? Because they're all I heard Outlands. Tom Novak
3: was pretty good too. Yeah. You know?
2: <laughs> well, I mean that was, <laughs> it, I mean it is ridiculous. By the way, Husker fans, we have the most Outlands nine of any program out there, and it's not even close. I think
1: Alabama
2: maybe has like five, and so it's Cam like, Jurgens alone will have
3: two. <laughs> You know? we, we, yeah, Cook, well, right? we need
1: to catch up. We've a lot, haven't had one in a while, right? And
3: so well, and
2: Dominican Sioux, yeah, that was the last one. But it's That's it still, was just it was interesting. Like when you start to go position by position, you think historically, it's like, man, this program. When to go back to like how blue blood of a program we are, we have had some outstanding players over the history of this program by position. And when you, I mean, they're only asking us for the top one. I was trying to come up with the top five, and and it's hard to do that at spots.
1: All right, all right. Good stuff, guys, good stuff. Uh, good show. Uh, covered uh, a lot of topics there, mainly on basketball, but it is the season. All right, well, we'll see how things shake out with the NIT, Tim Miles, Bill Moose, and uh, hopefully spring ball will be right back uh, in our midst before you know it. And let's call that a Go Big red Go Big red. beat Butler.